10 minutes, it is after 8 p.m. Uh, we go into our Shop Stewards Corner today. Now, as I said when we're starting our conversation this evening, many of us would have been taken aback uh, with the announcement from uh, uh, Sabanye that uh, just over 5,000, I think around 5,270 uh, jobs potentially could be lost. And uh, the, all of that, I guess, would uh, be given some form of certainty uh, once we've, uh, uh, or once the Section 189 process has been concluded. But that being said, um, I guess any uh, job lost in this kind of economy is uh, one job too many. And uh, uh, we're asking ourselves uh, this evening on our Shop Stewards Corner, uh, what are some of the, uh, I guess, uh, things that have uh, uh, occurred in the platinum sector or even in this case in uh, some of the uh, economic life of the assets in question that has uh, necessitated uh, the layoff of uh, just over 5,000 workers potentially. And uh, I'm joined on the line to speak about this one by James Wellstead. He's the head of investor relations at Sabanya Stillwater. James, good evening to you and welcome to Metro FM Talk. Good evening, Abongas. How are you? I'm well, thanks. I'm well, thanks, James. James, I want us to maybe, if, if you can paint some of the uh, context here uh, to the merger between uh, Sabanya Stillwater and Lonman, uh, in particular in the Americana operations, because we do know that uh, uh, the figure that had been uh, signaled much earlier by uh, by Sabanya or even Lonman before Sabanya was much, much higher than the 5,000. Uh, that's not to say that the 5,000 is inconsequential, but, uh, but I guess you get where I'm, I'm, I'm going with this. Yeah. Uh, just give us some of the background here to this particular merger and more importantly, uh, I guess the hand that uh, you've been dealt uh, by uh, the firm that you acquired uh, not so long ago. Well, it really goes back to, I mean, before the global financial crisis when Lonman was expanding into, you know, expectations of continued uh, price increases for, for PGMs and continued demand for PGMs, where they grew their business in anticipation using debt. And then you had the global financial crisis in 2008 uh, when prices then plummeted and they found themselves in a significantly uh, geared balance sheet and loss-making position. And their, their financial woes were compounded by, first of all, the wildcat strikes and Marikana um, uh, a tragedy in, in 2012. And then in 2014, the five-month uh, PGM strikes, which really impacted on their, on their financial capacity and ability to develop the operations and get out of financial distress. So we, we started engaging with them some time ago. And then in 2017, uh, December 2017, we announced uh, that we would be acquiring them. They were, they were no longer going concern uh, as a standalone business, had been suffering significant losses, over a billion rand in debt uh, in the last nine months. And uh, at the time, you're right, they, they did announce that they would have to, uh, they would be laying off about 12,600 people in order to, to address the loss-making assets that they had. Mm. Um, so we, we continued with the transaction as part of the agreement that we came to with the Competition Commission uh, when we uh, went through that. James, are you still with us? James. Uh, tried to save jobs or mitigate job losses. Sorry, James, I lost open. I lost a chunk of what you were saying there in the last sentence. Oh, so, so maybe we could just uh, go back just yes, uh, a sentence. So at the com- competition tr- um, authorities, when we went through the processes there, uh, we agreed that we would review some of the operations to see if we yes. could mitigate job losses. Uh, which we have done. We've spent the last three months since the, uh, we acquired the operations in, in June uh, doing a full review of the operations. Uh, and unfortunately, there are some uh, mines or, or some shafts which have reached the end of their operating lives, which we cannot save. Um, but we have managed to keep a couple open. For instance, the, hot, uh, the, the uh, 4B, um, 4B shaft, 
which will save about 2,700 jobs. But unfortunately, there are others which just have no more reserves left and have come to the end of their, their mining lives. And as a result, uh, there are 5,270 jobs at risk. Mm. Well, when we say the end of their mining life, um, is that because uh, it wouldn't be economic to mine the existing reserves? Or is that to say these reserves are depleted, there's nothing? It's, it means that they're depleted. I mean, these were the first shafts that were sunk at the Marikana operations some 35 years ago. Uh, and they basically mined mm. out their reserves. Um, they have had a sequence of Generation 2, and they had already planned uh, Generation 3 shafts, which would have accommodated mm. the people who, who would be leaving the Generation 1 shafts that we are closing. But unfortunately, they ran out of money and were unable to complete those projects. Mm. So this is the position. You know, at no, no matter what the price is, there just isn't any enough ore left yeah. to justify keeping those operations. James, open. is there no prospect, uh, certainly for Sabanya, to uh, invest in some of those Generation 3 shafts, especially in light of uh, one pr- existing price conditions um, uh, in, when it comes to PGMs? I mean, we've seen palladium and rhodium rally uh, since the beginning of the year, but uh, we know some of that is, is often, I guess, not uh, a permanent state of play and that you know there's a volatility in commodity prices. But if you look at, I guess, some of the use cases for platinum group metals, uh, be it fuel cell technology, hydrogen cells, and all manner of other things, uh, even ele- uh, the batteries for electric cars, one would say that you you would potentially be buoyant about the future of uh, PGMs as a feedstock into some of these applications. And uh, uh, why then would you not be investing in some of these Generation 3 mines to transition some of the guys who, uh, I guess, uh, would have to now be laid off from the mines, as you say, that have been around for about 35 years or so? No, and, and indeed, we are positive about the outlook. But unfortunately, we've taken on an asset that currently is, is making losses. And as I said, it's not even an economic decision. What would we do with those 5,000 people uh, until we develop the projects? We have said to the competition authorities that we will look at those projects. So it will take us time uh, to review them. Um, James? Ah, we seem to be battling with James's line there. So let's try and uh, while we try and reestablish that line with uh, James, take this brief break and uh, we'll continue once we get that line back. James, do we have you back? James? Yes, hi. Sorry yes, about yes, that. Man, sorry about there, that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I lost you as well on the other end. You were still saying that uh, I guess uh, until you develop some of those shafts, you wouldn't mm-hmm. know what to do with some of uh, the workers. But you've also, uh, I guess, indicated to the competition authorities, and that's where we lost you. Yes. So we are going to look at those um, projects and potentially may develop them in future if the uh, economic and, and market demand conditions are right. Uh, but it will take some time. You know, three to four years before we're in a position to really fully employ more people. So we have committed to, to looking at those. And should we employ them, there, there is, I mean, sh- should we continue with them, there is a potential to employ more people down mm. the line. But unfortunately for now, we do need to address sure. uh, the, the loss-making position of the Marikana operations in order to save... 21,000 other jobs of people mm. at, the, at the more profitable shops. Okay. So, so you, I understand, are uh, either going to embark or are, are already in a Section 189 process. Uh, if it's the latter, just maybe give us a sense of uh, 
uh, whether or not you, you're able to find one another with uh, the uh, dominant union there, which is AMCU, uh, because we do know that uh, there's also another parallel process that is underway because AMCU seems a bit unhappy uh, with uh, the wage offer that you guys have put on the table. Um, yes, so we are involved in wage negotiations, and that is a separate um, but parallel process mm. that is being followed. But yes, we, we are, uh, the, we've issued the Section 189 notice, um, and we obviously, uh, the, section, the whole intention of that is to engage with affected stakeholders to f- try and find solutions or alternatives uh, to job losses and rationalization of the operations, which we are very willing to do. So we do hope that um, all of the stakeholders, with AMCU being a very key stakeholder there, uh, that they will engage openly with us and honestly so that we can try and mitigate job losses as much as we can. Mm. Let's talk about, I guess, the reskilling and retooling and repurposing of some of the skills that many of the people you're going to be laying off might have had. I mean, we do know that it's not only just people that work beneath the ground, it's uh, also above ground people working in some of your offices in different functions, administrative, marketing, and maybe uh, many other uh, functions of that kind. Uh, I'm quite interested in whether or not you've explored some of those possibilities of uh, maybe transitioning them to other parts of your business or even, I guess, finding uh, some form of um, complementary support in government initiatives like the training uh, training layoff schemes. Uh, so, so that will be part of the Section 189 process, uh, is to look at uh, those upskilling and other alternative um, training, etc. Uh, one of the initiatives that we will be looking at is potentially um, an agricultural project where we will look at uh, training um, employees and community members to, to basically uh, where we'll be providing land, etc., and upskilling them so that they can have a sustainable business uh, in the agricultural sector beyond the mine, the lives of the mine. So, you know, that is something we, we've looked at at our West Rand operations, our gold operations, and it's something we will look at in the uh, Rustenburg area as well. But that, again, is still subject of the discussions that mm. we need to have. Okay. Uh, James, I'd like you to hold the line there for me for a second. We need to quickly take a spot break. But when we come back, uh, we continue to take a look uh, at, uh, I guess, some of the other prospects, uh, as you said, for PGMs that uh, one would think would have informed your decision to acquire uh, some of Lonman's operations. Um, and uh, uh, I guess what, what structural changes you think are underway in your sector that are going to have a, a material bearing on your work as a, uh, an entity now that takes up, I guess, uh, uh, what historically would have been uh, the uh, operating environment of Lonman. I'm in conversation with James Walstead. He's the head of investor relations at Sabanya Stillwater. Give us a ring if you'd like to weigh in on uh, some of the issues that are happening in the northwest there in Maracana, where 5,270 workers uh, potentially uh, could be laid off. And uh, as uh, James has indicated, they've issued the Section 189 notice, and uh, you might have your own views about uh, how uh, this uh, issue is going to unfold and what impact uh, this might have on our economy more broadly. You're still tuned in to Metro FM Talk. 23 minutes it is after 8 p.m. We are in our Shop Stewards Corner conversation and uh, taking a look at uh, some of the uh, job losses announced uh, by uh, a lot. Um, keep on saying Lonman here. Uh, Sabanya Stillwater, which uh, now runs uh, the uh, Marikana operations there uh, in the Platinum Belt here in South Africa. And you know, James, before, before I spoke to you, uh, we do something here called the business wrap. And, and one of the things we took a look at uh, was uh, the uh, trade statistics that came out of uh, the receiver of revenue earlier on today. We saw precious metals and mineral products leading the charge uh, from an export perspective. So it's quite clear that, you know, this uh, relatively good price environment has 
uh, assisted you in r- ramping up your production and uh, also, uh, I guess, your sales to uh, local and even export markets. I'm quite interested. Uh, we've spoken a lot about the 5,270 jobs or so. But if we see price conditions continuing, say, into the foreseeable future for about three years or so, um, uh, which might not necessarily be the case, but let's let, let's work with that for a second. What would that mean for uh, Sabanye by way of job creation? Not only just uh, the disposal of some of these jobs or layoffs, but uh, what new capacity would you have to expend? And uh, even from your own end, uh, from a CapEx perspective, uh, would you be sinking new shafts and making any new capital investments? Um, I think it would certainly uh, provide more opportunities for us to invest in growth and in replacement production over the longer term. And certainly Lonman and Rustenburg, which we acquired in 2016 from Anglo Platinum, have got very solid opportunities for uh, investment, which would, would create more uh, in the long term, but I think it's got to be a combination of a number of factors. It's got to be a combination of, you know, favourable price environments and favourable s- supply and demand outlook. But then also locally, obviously, uh, you know, we've got to have a supportive um, investment climate and invo- in, in, uh, supportive regulatory environment for us to invest. Because as you know, mining is a long-term business. We often investing significant amounts of capital over long periods. Uh, so we need to have some certainty of tenure for your operations and, and uh, you know, so that shareholders and investors who put money in can then get a return on the investment. Mm-hmm. M- many people are suggesting that uh, there's a certain kind of structural change that is underway in the mining sector. On the one hand, uh, if, if you look at maybe your own gold operations as Sabanya, uh, much deeper deposits uh, and uh, a lot of you are making capital investments and mechanizing your operations, uh, which... Uh, in, in, for all intents and purposes, is labor displacing. Uh, are you seeing a similar trend happening in the platinum group metal space? And if so, uh, that might mean then that uh, you know these are 5,270 jobs are a precursor for maybe more uh, massive losses down the line uh, as uh, I guess some of your capital investments and mechan- mechanization uh, start to come online. So I, I think in the gold sector, it is a bit more difficult. It's a much older sector, you know, over 100 years. Some of our mines have been operating for, for 70 years, uh, we're operating at depths of about three and a half kilometers. So it is very difficult for us to uh, mechanize there. Um, and as a result, we are reaching, uh, you know, the end of uh, operating life at some of these operations. And that's why you would have seen the gold sector in South Africa has shrunk significantly over the last two decades. Um, in the PGM sector, it is a little bit different. Um, up until 2008, it was a growth sector. And then after the global financial crisis, uh, there has been a significant uh, uh, pullback in, in growth in that sector. Some of the producers uh, mechanizing and moving more into shallower, more mechanizable deposits, uh, which is how we got our opportunity to enter the sector by acquiring some of the uh, more um, conventional, which is more labor-intensive mines. And by doing that, by acquiring Anglo Platinum's Rustenburg, uh, Aquarius, and now Lonman, we believe that we'll be able to create much more sustainable businesses that can provide jobs in the longer term uh, for, for, and provide benefits for people in the region uh, through that consolidation. Mm. We, we know that uh, your predecessors uh, probably didn't have a good record when it came to social and labor plans. What is going to change uh, with the Sabanya going in uh, to uh, some of the uh, formerly Lonman operations by way of uh, the social and labor plans and the impact that those are going to have on the communities alongside some of your operations? 
I, I think it, it's quite challenging, as you know. I mean, the social and economic environments in South Africa is extremely difficult. Um, you know, there are a lot of uh, the, the, the kind of um, inequality is, is significant. There's been a lack of service delivery over many years. And as you say, maybe some of the mines have not delivered on, on uh, plans as they should have. But certainly from our perspective, you know, we've always uh, had a view. Our vision is to deliver superior value for all stakeholders, not just shareholders. And certainly our, our focus is on, on making sure that all stakeholders benefit from our operations uh, because we know that without uh, you know, all stakeholders buying into our vision and uh, aligning with us, we won't have any sustainable business at all. James, we'll have to leave it there. Really appreciate uh, you taking time out to speak to us uh, this evening here on uh, Metro FM Talk. That there was James Wellstead, Head of Investor Relations at Sabanye Stillwater, speaking to us uh, for our Shop Stewart's Corner on this Monday. I'd be interested to hear what you think uh, of that. And uh, on the other side of this brief break, I'll take a look at some of the tweets that have come through. And uh, I guess uh, one of our um, Metro FM Talk faithful here tweeting about the Preferential uh, uh, Procurement Act and uh, the Public Finance Management Act. And uh, I'll read Fidel Thoughtstro's tweet on the other side of this brief break.